Thank you for letting me interview you. You're welcome. The first question I'd like to ask you is, how would you define a maverick? <laughs> I just asked you that. Um, it, for me, it, I, I think the word rebel uh, comes to mind. Um, I think of, uh, of horses, actually, like the independent, um, um, strong, has a vision, isn't bound by society's stories um, is more is more led by their vision um, so that's what I think of a maverick is okay a, you know a person usually by themselves um, and driven by vision and less by society's feelings on right or wrong and less by the rules that they're not bound by the rules uh, the same way other people are okay I've got a maverickism scale that's being developed by the London School of Economics. So I'm going to give you seven statements. What I need you to do is say, true, false, can't decide. People tell me that I'm a maverick. Um, people don't use that word with me, but um, like that, the word maverick um, isn't, isn't an usual one that I'm mm -hmm. used to. Um, but yeah, people do tell me I'm a bit uh, of a rebel in business. Okay. Kind of visionary. I have a knack for getting things right when least expected. Yes. I have a way of solving problems which is different from other people. Definitely. I am much more productive than other people. Uh, I get things done. I wouldn't... You, to watch me, you wouldn't think it was productive, but, but I get things done. Like, things happen. So I guess I am more productive, but I don't use regular productivity tools, I don't think. I have very unusual talents. I, yes, I'm told that, yes. I'm generally underestimated by people. Uh, always. I do things differently and better than most people when I work. Without a doubt. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Why do you do these things differently, Kevin? The older I get, the less I'm driven by other people. So I don't feel that I'm doing things differently. I'm more following something inside me that, that says this is the way to go. Okay. So it's not like I'm trying to be different from people. It's more like I'm, I'm getting better at sort of following my own uh, sensibility and caring less about other people's opinions, which turns out to be very positive in the end. Okay. Does doing things differently require certain skills? And if so, what are they? I think doing things differently, first of all, is, is um, tricky for most of us because from the time we enter school, um, there's a whole um, push towards uh, conformity and following rules. And school needs to do that and needs to, to um, raise as many of us to to follow the rules because otherwise if you have too many mavericks I think in society I don't think it's good for society okay. um, you, you know in, within a company you can't have too many mavericks you need one or two to kind of drive the vision and then you need other people that are like okay now it's time to get work done because mavericks are bouncing all over the place okay. um, with their, their minds so um, I, I think a lot of us as I'm finding a lot of us didn't do well in school. A lot of us had learning disabilities. Um, but I think that that taught me at a young age to not need 
to get my sense of self by fitting in. Right. And because okay. I don't need to fit in, that's not what I'm driven by. And I, I think a lot of people are driven by fitting in and not looking stupid. And, um, you know, I have no problem looking stupid, being vulnerable. Um, and, um, yeah. Okay. So, it, it, yeah, I, I think that that's the big thing. Is And I'm meeting a lot of entrepreneurs who had problems in school. And, uh, and I'm starting to, like connect the dots with us. Okay. What are the challenges to being a maverick? Hmm. I think, like, especially lately, I'm, I'm getting um, better at um, being okay. Like, actually, one of the challenges is describing what I do because I, because I do different things. Like, I'm, I'm putting on, I'm creating this 24-hour, well, I've created it, but now we're going to take it big time, a 24-hour all-in-a-day Van City event. And then there's a tool company that I, so I invent things, I write. I just did Dragon's Den, um, you know, as their roving reporter. So it's not like I'm up to one thing, and um, but it all fits perfectly kind of mm. for me into who I am. Okay. Um, so I think that the, the challenge is the world expects and, and wants us to fit in and follow rules, yet at the same time the world appreciates the creativity that comes from the people who don't follow rules. So I think of like our, our filmmakers, for example, like Tim Burton, who mm. does some amazing things. We all go and watch his movies, but to have him as a neighbor might be a little disconcerting to some people. Okay. Right? So the, the, the people who are mavericks are the ones that are on the edge, I think, that are driving society and culture. Um, forward, in some cases maybe a little bit backwards, um, but uh, part of the challenge is doing that in a society that at the same time is trying to get us to be nine to five. Okay, okay. What facets of your character influence your maverick approach? Facets of my character? I don't know, I'm a risk taker. Um, um, I... Um, I don't have a regard for material things. So twice now I've owned homes and let them go and you know, through this whole process because it's just stuff. Um, and, and that's another thing, right? There's it not being um, attached to anything. And it's more about the, the, the journey. Um, um, I think yoga and my spiritual practice the last 11, 12 years has been huge because that's really... Um, had me settle into an understanding that that this is that that life is is my game. This this is my artwork. Okay. And so um, I approach it like that. Like seriously, I'm like, how big, how audacious can this thought be? Mm -hmm. Like this 24 hour event. It's like, how audacious can this be? And because it was, it used to just be like like four events. Me, and my friend did. Now we're like, let's make it 24 hours, mm. and let's go from the top of the mountain to the water, to a nightclub, to, you know what I mean? Nowadays, I'm just thinking, how audacious can my thoughts be? Okay. Because this is my game. Thank you. And how many lives can I affect? Okay. Um, that's one of my, my more important thoughts lately. Okay. Mavericks often have unusual talents. What would you say yours are? Well, unusual would have to compare to usual. And I don't know. It's just me and my talents. So I'd have to compare it to other people to say okay. that, that mine are unusual. 
um, people say I'm unusual, um, that I'm a visionary. Um, I don't know. I think one of the talents I'm most proud of that I, that I that I like is when I close my eyes to focus on whether I'm inventing or I'm writing or I'm trying to figure out the all in a day. When I close my eyes and I start focusing on an aspect of it that I can create in my head and build things um, in my head. So like I've invented this multi-tool that's in England and, and all of Europe and stuff. And that, I, like I would just close my eyes and just follow it through. Okay. You know, okay, if this happens, what needs to go next? And then if that folds there, how does that affect ABC type okay. of thing? So, um, yeah, there's that. And, and I just, I mean, I'm surprised by um, my own talents, if you will, like that I can write, which I, it's not something that I normally do. But when I just did this Dragon's Den interviews of people, I wrote blog posts after it all. And I was like, hmm, I can actually write. Mm. And so I'm surprising myself to see, it's like, okay, now I'm a published blogger. Okay. Now I'm Dragon's Den roving reporter. How did that happen? Yeah. You know? <laughs> Um, so, yeah, I, are they unusual? I, I'm, as I hang out with more people and I, and I pay attention to how other people think, it does seem that I just think differently than mm -hmm. most people. And, and I, the biggest thing is I'm not bound by the rules the same way. To yeah. me, rules are just suggestions. Okay. They're guidelines. They're... Have you always taken a maverick approach to business, or was there a particular trigger? I think I started my first business when I was 17, and I think right off the bat, I was not going to fit in with other people. So right from the very... But it was also my freedom, too. Mm -hmm. It's like once I figured out... Because in school, I did terrible. You know, I was in the office all the time. I had to live in a foster home for a year, and... You know, and, and 17, I discovered I could start and just do my own thing. And it wasn't about business, and, and this is really important. I didn't, like, my first business, I guess, was making wooden kitchen products that I used uh, the school woodworking um, room to do that. That was my first attempt, but my first real attempt at a business was making snowboards in my friend's basement. And we didn't think about it as business. It was just... I don't know what the drive was, but we'd stay up till 4 or 5 in the morning making a board. Actually, we'd stay up all night because then we would like go right to the golf course to get to a hill. And then, of course, they broke because, you know, we weren't good at it. But um, I just, again, I think there's something that I'm noticing inside me and I'm following that more than following what's outside okay. so I didn't even like it's not like we were intending to be entrepreneurs or anything we just wanted to make boards and ride yeah and and as a matter of fact the more I look into a lot of entrepreneurs that I um, respect and appreciate most of us especially the ones that are coming from here most of us are not did not do this to be an entrepreneur yeah there was something else we were up to and it just happened to come through the world of business. Okay. You know, like someone who opens a restaurant because they love to create food and they love to be social. That's what they love to do. Mm. If you look at it, it's a business. But that's, they never said, I want to be an entrepreneur. It was mm. more like, I love food, I'm going to open a restaurant. Okay. Are you always a maverick or do you choose to be so at times? 
it, it, you know, and again, the word maverick, right? It's kind, of, it's kind of new for me, but I would say it's just how I live life and approach life. You know, it's, um, as I say, it, it's all life. So even, even like business is just one part of it. And I'll never do anything in business that is, that compromises my, uh, my sense of purpose. Okay. And, and, um, yeah, I won't ever do anything for money. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, long ago I had one business where it, it was pretty cool, but it was just because I thought we were going to make a ton of money and, um, and it sucked the soul out of me. So I was determined to never do anything again just for, um, for the sake of money. Okay. So it's just, I guess in the sense being a maverick is just, um, a way, mm-hmm. a way to live life. And I think part of it is just that the rules and we hear that it's funny. I just watched Star Trek, the latest Star Trek. I watched that last night. Did you? Okay, so you remember near the beginning where the Admiral, his friend Admiral guy, pulls him in the office and, and he's like, you know, you're going to get your ship taken away. And he's like, you think the rules don't apply to you. And that's exactly what Mavericks need to think, mm-hmm. is, okay. is we need to think the rules don't apply to us. Otherwise, we'll do things the same way everyone else does. And um, it's the people who um, look at rules differently, not to break them for the sake of breaking them, but in that case, right, Captain Kirk there was something his heart was pulling for. Forget rules. It was about that, and which was to save Spock. Mm. And, and he does it. And then you look back, and then you go, okay, what rules were broken? Like, okay, yeah, rules were broken, but Spock was saved. Everyone's back safe. And rules, I think, um, hold us in place. Mm. Like tradition can hold us in place. And... and um, and, I, and rules are great for most people because I don't think most people feel confident enough to just um, follow. Um, yeah, or most people maybe aren't creative enough to, to feel mm. like they can go out in the world. But more and more that I so-called break rules and see the success on the other side, um, the more I'm like, mm. okay, I, I, I get it, but it's, it's, not, it's not for me. How and why do you choose to be a maverick or not? It's a calling. It's a calling. It, it's more being true to myself. Okay. Um, if, if I didn't do this, I would feel like I'm selling myself out in life. Okay. What are the advantages and disadvantages of being a maverick in business? Um, well, the advantages, I mean, first of all, it's like every, um, great company, um, I shouldn't say every, but most great companies and most great breakthroughs come from people who, and, and you know, the more I, I say this, being a maverick is, is about looking at the rules differently. Most big breakthroughs come from people who look at things differently or, or stumbled into it. Um, just watched a documentary on, uh, Nicholas Tesla. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of him? Yes. So, um, what was my point with him was, um, oh, he, um, he came up with some idea on sort of uh, how to aim energy at, at like a, a death ray or whatever. Um, one guy comes up with this idea and then he shelves it in some way or, or gives parts of the secrets to different countries. He's like, if you want to know how to do this, you all have to talk. And 
what did America do? They assembled 60 of the best scientists they could find. And they still couldn't figure it out. So 60 of the top scientists can't figure out what one maverick um, stumbled upon because of his, through his approach. Mm -hmm. So um, we, we need people who are mavericks, who are audacious, who are outside um, the, the, the regular way of looking at things. Um, but it's just, it's funny to me because society in general doesn't like us. Okay. You know, and maybe we're threatening or we're, we're just too different or, you know, um, but okay. it's, that's always been a, a weird thing to me. Society in general doesn't like the outsiders, mm. um, yet it's the outsiders that are pushing the envelope. Okay. Yeah. Has I, you've touched on this, but has Asia and experience altered your maverick approach? If so, how? Yeah. Um, I mean, I learn so much all the time and um, about myself, and I get more comfortable. Um, I think when I was younger, it was more about being different for the sake of being different, mm -hmm. and now it's more like I'm trying to feel. I'm trying to feel just what people want, and then I just create in that direction. Um, so, yeah, maybe when I was younger, it was more of a... I, I read somewhere where there's these stages of um, when we're really young, we're dependent, then we move into the stage of independence, and then I think the beautiful third stage is realizing our interdependence. Mm -hmm. And, um, and that has a different approach for me. So now I'm kind of concerned about how many lives I'm touching and, and to what extent. Mm -hmm. So it's like if I'm going to like create something now, it has to, um, it, you know, it, it's not just for me. It's like if I'm going to be an artist, I'm not going to paint one painting so one person can enjoy mm -hmm. it and I can sell it for a lot of money. I'd rather have it affect as many lives as possible in a positive way. Okay. Because, again, life is the game. Right, all of life is the game, and everyone on this planet is in this game. Not just Canadians in this game and British in that game. Mm -hmm. We're all in this planetary game. So, I feel blessed that I um, have a create creative mind, and that uh, I am pulled towards business. So now, I'm like, okay, how can I use creativity and business to also help make the world a better place? Okay. You know, um, it seems like making money is like whatever, you know, it's, it's almost the easy part. That's not what to focus on. When I was younger, it was just maybe about being cool and, and, um. Okay. How do you balance being a maverick with home life? Beautifully. Yeah, I've got uh, two boys and uh, they're teenagers. And, um, and a wife but we, of 25 years, um, teaching my kids, uh, uh, you know, to feel life. Because I think that's it. It's, I think as Mavericks, we feel life more than we do life. Okay. Does that make sense? It makes sense like we're, to me. We, we kind of feel what to do next rather than doing what you're supposed to, to do. do. You know, maybe we go by our gut feeling okay. more. So... Um, so the downside is that, you know, I don't always feel like producing. Sometimes I just feel like hanging out and playing video games. Mm -hmm. And so my kids get to see that. But they also get to see, it's like when I turn it on, I turn it on. And to the level and how I, I direct 
and, and what I won't waste my time with okay. and, and what I do. Um, so it makes it so that I can um, be at home, you know, be with the kids. That's why I was late this morning. No worries. You know, with them and getting them ready. Um, and, well, probably more than I needed to to get them off to school. Um, but, it, again, it goes into because the game is all of life. So mm -hmm. being a business maverick just flows mm -hmm. through that. And yeah. because that's what I'm up to. Then I end up going to the events with like-minded people, and then I'm having a beer, having a good time at a social entrepreneur event mm. that I want to be at. Okay. You know, that I can take my wife to, or my kids to, or... Um, but I, I think it, uh, it, it's, it's great for home life. Um, it's flexible, and, uh, and I really like that my kids get to, to watch the struggle too mm. because financially you go down and then up again and they get to watch that because otherwise at school they're just going to be told go to school, go to college, get your job and then life should just go mm. nicely like this. Okay. Well, and, and another thing too is like holidays, mm -hmm. you know, it's a maverick but on the entrepreneur side, it's like we don't travel when everyone else travels. Mm. You know, like we went to Whistler the weekend after Labor Day weekend, mm. right? It's quieter, it's cheaper, um, and and I like being outside the outside of that, so that we can do stuff like that and have even a better time, time yeah. with our lifestyle. Okay. How much, if anything, of being a maverick is related to give back? None. It has to be. Um, but I think for you for me for me now it's it, I came up with a word recently called a, a socialpreneur S-O-U-L and I even started a little thing called the socialpreneurs club and for me that the word socialpreneur is, is it because it's in this order soul social entrepreneur combined together. Soul number one is I do what I do because I love it and I'll never move that out of number one. That's got to be number one. Number two is the social part and that's how many lives and what's the quality of, uh, in it, it, what's the quality of my effect on other people because it might be just 200 people's lives mm -hmm. but they're like super stoked, right? But say again with this all in day event, why I'm focusing on it so much is that those 200 people are going to have a great time. It's iconic for Vancouver. People are going to hear about it. People are going to feel prouder about their city. It's like, yeah, you can do all this. Mm -hmm. And I'm considering what my give back is going to be in there mm -hmm. still. Um, different things are coming to mind. One is all the money gets goes to a cause. Another is having people do microloans mm -hmm. to like $25 when they sign up. They take $25 of my profit and microloan mm -hmm. it to a woman in the world. Um, so for me, um, the give back is no longer pos possible to separate. Okay. Like, like there's, there's zero chance. It's like, you know, we can make money, but let's use business as the vehicle to change mm -hmm. lives. Okay. How do your ethics and values then impact on you being a maverick, do you think? Ethics and... 
I don't, like, I don't know, maybe that's all covered in just um, what mm. I was saying, yeah. is that, um, yeah, like, like, I think my biggest value is my life and the opportunity to create with it. Like, I feel very, very lucky um, to be healthy, to be smart enough, to be creative enough. Like, I feel very fortunate. Mm -hmm. And... Um, and, and again, having kids is the most potent place where I, I get to say this. I'm like, this is your one shot. Mm -hmm. You know, Buddhism aside and and reincarnation aside, this is this is this is your canvas. Mm -hmm. And I think that's my biggest value is to get out there and paint and, and create. And every time I'm sitting at home, say playing video games, I'm keenly aware that that I'm not um, creating. Mm -hmm. And making a difference. But that's my downtime, too. And yeah. I'm like, all right. So I'm taking that downtime. And I I think that probably the thing that would be the toughest for me is if I ever saw my kids not getting in this game. Mm -hmm. Okay. You know? And, and being bound by by government rules or by education's rules and society's rules. Mm -hmm. And to be bound by that and then be unhappy and complain and blame. Yeah. That's... Um, Thank you. Yeah. Mavericks tend to be risk takers. What's the biggest risk you have taken in business to date? Well, I think with risk takers, if you ask somebody who's taking a risk, they probably wouldn't see the risk the same way that, that from the outside. It, mm -hmm. it looks like a risk. You know, like I, I watch, you know, my son on his BMX bike and he goes at a set of stairs and there's a handrail and it's 20 stairs and he's got metal pegs on his wheels and he rides at it, bunny hops and then ride. And I'm like, are you, no padding, no helmet. That's a huge risk. But for him, he's like, so I, I think what we call risk is, is a little bit different. Okay. Um, but that being said, um, I think. Probably the biggest straight-up risk was um, we had a beautiful house up in uh, North Van, up in the mountains, mm -hmm. and um, I let that go because I, I was at the end of one business that was not making me happy. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I refuse to work anymore just to, to make money, and um, so I let that house go to pursue um, passions and, and change. So... But I get, I'm really good at moving my expectations around. Right. So okay. as soon as I'm like, you know, because I set my goals high, mm -hmm. but when the house had to go, I'm like, oh, okay. And I can adjust quickly so that I don't let myself get taken down into despair. Okay. You know, they say like in Buddhism, the whole thing is to stay even, right? Don't get too excited. Don't get too depressed. Just stay in the middle. And, you know, I've done some intense meditation retreats and I'm like, no, I'm not buying it. I am going to get excited mm -hmm. about things. I'm going to ride the highs. And I know they're not to be relied on, but I'm riding the, the, the roller coaster up. But if things start to go sideways, I have to let go of mm -hmm. my house, I can get off the train and not emotionally get okay. taken down there. And I don't know if I've said this yet, but one thing I think is a quality of ours is we are masters of purposeful self-delusion. We are purposefully self-delusional. Okay. Right? We have to be. 
you know, because um, when things get really difficult, when it looks like there's no way out, I mean, it's what you say to yourself up mm -hmm. here that makes all the difference. Do I keep going? Do I give up? You only have to say I give up once, and then you're, yeah. and then you're done. So um, I have said on, on several occasions, it's like, well, what if ABC fails? I'm like, you know what? I get it. It might fail. Mm. But I cannot afford to have that thought. I know it's possible, but I'm putting that over there, mm. and I'm going to give myself this thought and just yeah. focus on it. Um, and, uh, you know, if you get back to traits and qualities, I think that that is such a under... Being able to create our own self-delusions is so critical. Mm -hmm. It's so important. Um, we do it anyway. Okay. Like, we, ev everyone has their own reality anyway. Yeah. I'm, I'm just more careful about purposely choosing mine and then setting myself up to, uh, to then go for it. Um, but, you know, you talk about these kids in England, the 17, 18-year-old kids who, you know, dear entrepreneur, um, where did that thought come from? You know, and 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 why those two kids? And because they did it, can other kids do it? Mm. Like, you know, not if they don't have those thoughts. Not if they think ah, I could never do that. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. How many ventures have you taken in the past five years? Business ventures. Um. Five or six. Okay. Calvin Tools. I started a youth entrepreneurship um, pilot program called Kids in Biz. Uh, then another youth entrepreneurship initiative aimed at uh, youth unemployment. So that's called in, uh, employment now. Um, all in a day. Now blog writing, uh, Dragon's Den roving report. And I've licensed my tool company out, so now all I have to do is create. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm just trying to decide how much energy I put into still inventing for that brand. Mm -hmm. And I'm also toying with starting a new tool brand that's all about being a social enterprise, mm -hmm. um, right from the ground up. Okay. Um, but I, I'm also just trying to like look at my big picture, and it's yeah. like, okay, you know... Um, what's next and, and why okay. you know like what's going to lead me um, yeah to, to where I'm going but the I'm, I'm a huge advocate of entrepreneurialism especially socially conscious entrepreneurship mm -hmm. and that's my bigger vision of what I'm up to is to be able to spread not just spread the word but actually spark youth um, that are sparkable because mm -hmm. it's not for everybody yep. right but it's um, for youth to be able to see that, hey, wait a second, I don't have to just go look for a job. I can actually create one. Mm -hmm. And if it's there for you, you need to hear, it, especially when you're in high school and college, you need to hear it from like, young people, not suit and tie yeah. people, um, people that you can relate to. And so that's, that's my big mission. Because like, I figure if I can inspire youth and to go, wow, I can actually start a business. And the more of those that we can have on, on the planet, socially conscious, mm -hmm. then the faster we can fix things on the planet. And youth unemployment in England is outrageous. Mm -hmm. Italy, Greece, Spain is outrageous. And people are looking for jobs. 
And where do jobs come from? They don't. They're, they're not just made up. And the institutions are the ones that are sh have shown like like the jobs just aren't there anymore. So jobs are only going to come from entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. So um, I want to be part of that that voice that has. Uh, hopefully, there's going to be a cultural shift. Okay. Like um, you know, where people are just like, yeah, I can start a business. You know, I like to bake. I can, you know. Okay. What would you consider as a characteristics of a successful venture then so when you've done a venture what constitutes success in your mind the ultimate goal is um, the people on the other side so what I'm ultimately up to is smiles on people's faces right and if I get that and and the more of that then everything else becomes systems uh, in between mm -hmm. um, on the way to that and I don't like the systems that's why the tool company that I had, the systems had to do with, you know, Canadian Tire and Home Depot and, and those, you know, logistical type systems. Whereas I'm just an inventor guy yeah. that wants the person at home that's going to hang stuff up on their wall to use the tool and go, this is awesome. That's what I, 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 okay. I, I love. So, yeah, smile on people's faces. Thank you. Of the ventures that you've done, how many were successful according to your definition then? Um, well, I'm never fully satisfied. I, I think uh, my snowboard uh, accessory company was successful and, you know, I, I got to like 33 countries in the world and, um, yeah, it, it, that was successful, but I wasn't socially conscious back then. Mm -hmm. I just liked coming up with ideas that when people use them, they like them. Um, Kids in Biz um, was a failure for me because what I was looking for was to spark kids. The schools loved it. The government loved it that brought me in to, to do the talks, but I didn't see the kids go bing. Okay. So, you know, that, there was a bit of a wound for me there because okay. I spent like six months of just focus on building this, um, but I learned, and that's what I bring around to now, then employment now. Right. So I, I'm a big fan of failure. I'm like, take the shot, miss the basket, and you know what you did, and now make the adjustment mm. and take another shot. Um, even the Calvin Tool Company, mm -hmm. um, in a way, I failed, but it was my ultimate success to to let let it go because I. From the invention, to, I got on Dragon's Den, I had the best deal on TV, I got into all these big retailers, I got distribution, but I didn't manage the whole thing uh, properly. So I had problems with manufacturing. I had problems um, dealing with mass retailers and them changing prices and mm. stuff like that. And the biggest lesson for me in that, so it got to a point where I ran out of money and I couldn't get any more stuff made because mm. of the factory. Mm. I couldn't even take any more orders. So in a way, I gave up, but I purposefully gave up. I'm like, I'm done. I have to clear this out to make space for the next thing. Well, as I went to do that, I ended up licensing it instead just to get rid of it. So I was like, I'm over this. I'm moving on. Signed a licensing agreement. And, and today, actually, I'll, I'll get another royalty check. So for the last five or six months now, I've been getting royalty checks. These guys are doing all the work. Okay. And so what looked, 
it was a failure for me in, in a sense, but it was also a, a realization that I'm going to focus on my strengths, not my weaknesses. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to be running. You know, so there's a lot of like looking inwards mm-hmm. and going, okay, that's the stuff I don't want to be doing. This is the stuff I do. I feel lucky and very fortunate that it turned out that I had this licensing agreement. Now I can just create stuff. Yes. And, um, and those guys like to sell and do operations and logistics. So they're doing that. So to me, is something successful or not? Again, it's the whole journey. Mm-hmm. And even if I stumble on something, I'm like, cool. Like, you know, it's, it's all part of me learning how to get more potent with my next ventures. Okay. I think you've already touched on this, but what did you do that made the venture successful where they have been successful? What did I do? Hmm. I don't know. I'm just me, you know? Like, I remember my first meeting with Canadian Tire was I had to go to Toronto to film the Dragon's Den on a Friday, and I had my Canadian Tire meeting on Monday. I'd never met this guy before, you know, and but I came, like, the, the filming was so, I was still on a high all weekend. I came bouncing into his office. I just, I'm not like other people, I, I guess, and... Um, In what way? I don't know. So much of my enthusiasm comes through, you know, like, when we first met, you're like, I'm a hugger. Like, I wasn't sure. Like, usually I'd be like, you know, a big hug, and um, my enthusiasm um, is legit and it, and it just pours out and uh, I'm told it's infectious and so um, I, I I make this joke but I'm, I'm serious about it is um, really the business I'm in I'm in the energy business mm. and so when I'm being conscious and aware of the energy that's with the people around me that's what I'm I'm really up to so like when I was in Dragon's Den and I could see everyone was smiling and like loving this I'm like great like I'm in my element now okay um but I want to get better at at that because I that means when I come into a room or a space I want to be better at actually lifting the energy um for people and do you know what I mean like um few more questions Mm. of the percentage that were unsuccessful then what would you consider as the main reason for the reason for those ventures being unsuccessful? What was the main reason for their failure? Hmm. Um, I think that my takeaway right now is we're here like as a business. Mm-hmm. A business solves a problem for someone. I, I think there's two kinds of businesses. There's there's head and heart there's mm-hmm. uh art and uh and logic a restaurant for example is, is is heart you know it's like it's not about does this solve a problem directly it's more about like the food like the ambiance and um but um you know a lamp solves a problem and then you add on top of it the design and and i think if we are looking at where we can make people's lives easier and start there what problem can I solve for you that aligns with, with me and what I'm up to in life? Um, and, I, and that's the mistake I made with kids and biz, is the, the youth, I, I didn't look specifically at them and, and say what, and ask, what problem are you having that this entrepreneurship program is solving? Mm-hmm. That's what I missed. Okay. And that's what I'm not missing with employment now. That's okay. why with employment now, I was like, what problem are you having? You're unemployed or you're underemployed. 
you just spent four years, six years in school, and now you're working at a coffee shop, right? That's a problem they're having. So kids in biz, that failure, that, that missed free throw, if you will, um, taught me to move my focus over and focus on people, them being happy. And the better you solve someone's problem, mm-hmm. the, and the happier and the, the more energy, the more they go, holy smokes, this mm. is awesome. That's the, um, well, that's the second. The stuff, okay. you, you start by creating for yourself, but you're aiming it. And that's where I think some businesses mess up is they go to create something they think is awesome. They put all this effort in and they go, ta-da, and they just miss the mark mm-hmm. um, a little bit. Okay. So that's, that's my big takeaway. Is, and, and I thought the other day, you know, in spiritual circles or just in life, some people are like, you know, um, it's all about the giving or we're here to be in service of others. And I'd be like, no, I'm not in service to anybody. But when I look at the way I, I look at business now, that's exactly what I'm doing. I'm looking, what do you need? How can I make your life better, easier? How can I surprise you? How mm-hmm. can you go, whoa? Okay. Yeah. How important is team to you as a maverick? Hmm. I've never been good with team. That's been one of my downfalls. No, actually, no, I won't say it's a downfall. It's just one of those things. It's a downfall... When I was tr- building Calvin, I was trying to make it um, about, I was trying to build a team. What, one of the things, and it hurts me to see, is I'm not a team builder. Possible to learn it at this age, it's not naturally coming out. And okay. so now when I look at being in my ventures, I keep the team small, minimal. It's not long term. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, yeah, I, I think of like Aragorn in, in Lord of the Rings. I feel like I, I don't know if you remember Lord of the Rings. Yep. But, you know, when you first see him, he's in like in a pub in the corner. And I kind of feel like that type of character at times where I'm mostly alone in what I do. Mm. And, uh, and I'm not great at having people follow me. Okay. Does being a maverick affect your approach to leadership? Well, I've been confused about what leadership really is. You know, um, I and and people say that I'm a leader in just in my doing. Whereas I thought I'd always imagine leadership as um, you know getting people to follow you whether they want to or not. Um, and um, I'm glad in this day and age that so many um, unknown people just with ideas. Ideas are winning, mm-hmm. um, and people are becoming leaders because of their ideas, not because of their Excuse me. Not because they were trained. Like Mark Zuckerberg is a leader, and he was just a kid in university, and uh, he didn't study leadership. He didn't, you know. As a matter of fact, from the movie I watched, he wasn't even great with people. But the idea becomes what um, uh, how we can lead. Mm-hmm. You know. Okay. Is there anyone who's a maverick that inspires you? You know, I've never had a mentor. Um, I've never had heroes. Um, but I think people that that I respect are, and you've mentioned them already, uh, Richard Branson, who definitely, um, com- more and more lately, from what I understand, is using business as a vehicle mm-hmm. to help the world as well. Um, so he, you know, his... 
mythology, if you will. Or it's, I mean, it's all there. I just haven't gone and read any of it. But he inspires me. Steve Jobs as well, just um, because he's not bound, or he wasn't bound by by general rules, especially when he came back to Apple mm. and started. And I'm like, this is how you shake things up. up yeah. You know. So those those two, and also Chip Wilson from Lululemon. Um, he just strikes me as a guy who, because really, if we're going to do something in life, it starts with a thought. And that's why it's like more audacious your thought can be. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what you set yourself up to. And Chip is, is uh, a guy that I know that just plays that game really well. And, um, and I find that very inspiring. Okay, final question. Is there anything that you would have liked to have been asked that I didn't ask you? Mm, no, not really. But just I want to just touch on again. I um, I think that um, I think that you I would I would wonder if what you find when you look at Mavericks is really is people who approach um, the rules differently. And most of society, and you know I've already talked about this, but most of society we're taught to follow rules, mm-hmm. and especially in the, like Asian cultures, mm-hmm. very much so. And so conformity becomes, uh, well, it's not just conformity, it's conforming and then being the best performer. Conform and then perform. And I think we're missing out on a lot of brilliant potential Mavericks because in school right now, they're the ones that are sitting in the office or maybe skipping school. And um, there's studies starting to come out that are showing. A friend of mine wants to make a documentary because his son has uh, dyslexia and, and as a school project interviewed a bunch of entrepreneurs and is seeing that you know a lot of us are coming from um, childhoods that when you see where they are now and where they were as kids like we were given up on society I am so fortunate that there's that whatever is inside people like me uh, was able to still find a way to grow even though society was um, looking down upon us, mm-hmm. sending us to the office, putting us in the corner. Um, so I think this is great, the work that you're doing, and I think we're probably on the front edge of this conversation becoming more and more mainstream because we're talking about it more. Entrepreneurship mm-hmm. in school is, is being implemented now um, or, or trying to figure out how to implement. And um, But I think there's a lot of brilliance that is um, being referred to as poor behavior and bad behavior okay. um, as, as teens. And uh, if we can harness that and, uh, and direct that, I think um, we'll have even more, um, more Mavericks that are doing even more incredible things for the planet. Thank you for letting me interview you.